Hello and welcome to The Queer Experience. My name is Eric, your host. I use he, they pronouns. And today we are doing a different kind of actual play. So today we, the my, my guests that I have with me today, we've all played the same solo tabletop RPG together. Well, separately, but concurrently. Um, and now we're going to talk about kind of the, our experiences. What was the game like? What drew us to, to, to this uh, solo tabletopping adventure? Um, but I'm going to let my guests go down the line, introduce themselves. I'm going to go like as I see you on my screen. So if you want to tell us your name, your pronouns, and what made you decide to to sign up and and do a solo game with us, um, and we'll start with Vic. Hello, my name is Vic. He him pronouns, and I'm fairly new to TTRPGs in general. In fact, I think the very first one I played was like that Marvel, and it might have even been like a demo or whatever. Remember that Marvel? Oh, the the playtest that we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Marvel playtest. That was like my first TTRPG experience ever, which is shocking. If you know me, I'm a mega nerd. Shocking. And so from that, I got a little into Monster of the Week, right? I played on, on both ends of that. I took a try hosting it, DMing it. Um, and I didn't know solo TTRPGs were really a thing until it was like somebody posted about it i'm like okay that sounds pretty cool i feel fairly creative most of the time so I'm like all right i can do this in my head i can imagine these things going on and it just it kind of drew me in and then witch's almanac i'm all about the spells and the magic so i'm like i'm in let's do this uh and chris hello i'm chris he him pronouns and yeah, similarly to Vic, I don't have a lot of experience playing TTRPGs, and I've only learned about solo TTRPGs recently. But one of the reasons that drew me into this is I feel I feel like for video games, which I play more of, um, I've always been more of a single player kind of video game. So think like I don't know, Uncharted, The Last of Us, like those type of games. So I figured, hmm, why did, it makes sense to try those on a like board game format um so that's basically what drew me in and then the theme of pretty much like all the ones that were like in the suggestions of what we should play were we're all pretty interesting but specifically this one the witch's almanac and brewing potions we'll get into that later but that overall was just very like okay i need to i need to try this out um yeah and i'm glad i did nice and and last but not least jason Hello, my name is Jason LaRock. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I have played a number of TTRBGs, um, and I want to try new ones because I don't want to be pigeonholed into the same kinds of games over and over and over again. So taking the opportunity to play a solo game kind of opens up the avenue of there are so many indie creators out there that are working on games that you can play and kind of get your creative mind working all the gears turning and things like that. So taking this opportunity to play something that's kind of outside of doing it with a group um, was a first for me and anything with witches, magic, foresty settings, things like that is right up my alley. So I wanted to give this a try and I had a fantastic time. Awesome. And, and I think similar for me, like I, I've known about solo tabletop games. Like I know that they have been a thing. Like I, I, based on the pile of games that I have bought through bundles on itch, I, I have seen them in the library. They've been chilling there, 
and I think it was one of those things where I just I never I was always like, oh, if I'm going to play a tabletop game, like obviously I just want I want to play with other people. So why would I play by myself? Like, why would I play a game alone? Um, but the more I heard people talking about them, I was like, I want to give this a try and like see what this experience is like. Um, and I think it was during actually during a tabletop podcast episode we did um, where one of our guests, uh, Danny, referenced like having diving into some solo games and having a good time. And I think it was actually on that episode. I was like, we should do that for an actual play and like just talk about it. And so here we are. Um, and as people mentioned a couple of times, so the game that we 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 had a couple options on the table, we looked at some different things. And ultimately, the group decided to go with a game called The Witch's Almanac, which is a solo exploration game by Tally Winkle. And so it's the the concept or the conceit of the game is that you are a witch in the forest under the I think it was the pink pale moon. And you have one night to brew your potion. Um, and I, w- I, I think the way I describe the mechanics of the game is similar to if you've ever played the board game Forbidden Island, um, where you're kind of on tiles and moving your piece around to try and get the things that you need to do what you need to do. That was kind of this vibe. So you have eight hours, quote unquote, in the game to find the two components that you need and then get back to your starting point. Um, and so different things that happen when you land on a card, you flip it over. It has a, you know, whatever card it is, there's a prompting guy that you follow along and it tells you, you know, what happened? Did you gain hours? Did you lose hours? Do you have to move somewhere? What, what the the pieces are? So let's start with, I mean, we'll go, we'll go reverse this time or as people want to jump in. Um, what, what did you give me your your initial impressions? What what were your thoughts of the game and the experience of a of a solo adventure? I mean, I guess I can start. Um, one of the things that really kind of jumped out to me was the use of playing cards. I've always wanted to try uh, games that utilize different things in order to kind of progress the story. So having cards, getting to shuffle cards, getting to draw the cards that will ultimately kind of become your playing board. That was really cool. Um, And I like how there was so much variety in each of the cards that you could potentially have kind of to narrate your story. So that was awesome. Um, uh, I also think I did poorly, very badly, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I ended up playing it uh, in tandem with my boyfriend. So we both had our own individual stories going on. So we were kind of cross-referencing like, oh, okay, I go here, you go here, and then kind of reading what happens to both of us. So even though it was a solo game, we were able to kind of play it together and have our own individual adventures and kind of laugh about how, you know, he was doing better than I was or how I would, you know, make a really terrible decision or something like that. So there are ways to enjoy something like this with other people while still having an independent experience for your own story, which I thought was really cool. Nice. Yeah. And I loved, I like the, the, the card mechanic was fun of like, because for the the rules, like you, you basically make your board based on like the components you need, and then it can be somewhat random in terms of what other cards end up on the board. So that was fun for me. As I was looking at games, there was a lot of them that card mechanics seem to be a big thing. Um, tarot cards seem to also be a big thing. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jenga Towers was the other one that I was seeing a lot of. Um, we didn't choose a Jenga Tower one, even though the one that I had sounded really cool because I, A, I don't own a Jenga Tower and <laughs> didn't want to rely on other people owning it. So, um, awesome. Uh, Chris or Vic, what were your initial impressions of of the game? Yeah, I I really liked it. I thought it was much more like atmospheric than I expected. Like when I was reading the the prompts or like the thing that the card that you open and I was reading like what it's supposed to do, I thought that I was just going to be jumping into the effect every time, but I was actually much more excited to read sort of where I was in the story and like it it was very visual for me. I just felt like I was in like a once upon a time setting and I was like seeing the trees and I was hearing the chirping of the birds. So it was much more vivid and like atmospheric that way, which I really liked. Um, From a gameplay mechanic, I also really enjoyed the cards uh, being sort of like your your board. I will say the first time I played it, I didn't realize, and that's my fault. I didn't realize that when you go back to cards, to cards that you've had opened, you yep. have to use those effects again. So the the last time I played it correctly, I thought that was a much more exciting gameplay because I got to actually use those effects and it made a big difference to the right. overall, like, yeah, how I was enjoying the game. Thanks. And Vic, what about you with your, with your bar, your graphs and charts and... Yes, I'll be posting these. If you want me to, I can post them in the Discord later so you could look at them. I legit have bar graphs, but... So I, I didn't know what to expect because I, I, you know, just going into it, but I, I loved it. So I, I played four games. I went after each of the potions. I won three of them and I lost one. But even within those three wins, each, each win was like a totally different type of win. So like the balance of it, I think was great. It, it like blows my mind how creators of these types of games, it must be just extensive play testing. I don't know how it works, but it, it seems so well balanced. So, so like, Game two lasted six turns and I, and I won in six turns and I had four hours on the clock. The first game went 15 turns. I had six hours on the clock. And then the third game, 18 turns with 17 hours on the clock. So each one incredibly different. And then I just, uh, that last potion, the potion of delirium, just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. But it was great. It was, it was super simple, easy enough to follow. And I was also surprised at how well written the blurbs were, how each one was like a cool little unique. I was just expecting more of like a very rigid mathematical, you lose a turn, like like a typical board game, right? Like uh, Monopoly or something, go back three spaces, lose a turn. But no, the, it, the flavor text, the flavor text was nice. And, I, and I'm curious, what did, so I mean, Vic, it sounds like you tried for all four of the potions. And I went three for four. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, Chris, which, which potion did you go for initially? I also tried all of them, but I started, uh, I think I started with the potion of Skullduggery just because it sounded really cool. Yes. Um, out of all four, I got two, like I, w- I was able to get two of them and then the other two yeah. I lost really badly. Yeah. Uh, and Jason, which one, which one did you go for on your, on your first run? Uh, I, I did Skullduggery as well, just cause I thought it was a really cool sounding potion. Um, yeah, I'm not good at this game. <laughs> I'm just talking about it. <laughs> but I I still had a good time regardless. I think that's what really matters. Yeah, and I think that's like I mean that's the fun thing with games like this like even if even if you're you're run like the the round, rounds that you tried or the the potions you attempted to brew if it doesn't work out you're like 
it was still a cool little event. Like you win some, you lose some. We're all mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think it's funny that everyone, Vic, did you also start with Skullduggery? I just went, I just went in order, but we oh. got, and I, but I, so I ended up streaming it because I wanted to go back and get all these numbers. And we had a whole debate about what, what does Skullduggery even mean? That was like the most fascinating one. <laughs> what is this going to do when I get it and I drink it or give it to somebody? What's the end goal here? Um, so I actually, so I know we'll, we'll, this might be jumping the gun a little bit, like, but at the end of it, it has some like prompting, like questions about what the potion that you, so my, my potion of Skullduggery, I said that it was a potion of bad luck that when a person consumes it, they have 24 hours of unfortunate, but mostly mild inconveniences that happen to them throughout the day. And it's especially useful when gambling or making bets. Ooh. <laughs> Because I think I looked up the word skullduggery and it was like trickery and thievery. And I was like, ooh, that sounds like a like a bad luck potion would be would be cute. <laughs> yep. So for like I guess in in the game itself, I guess folks were playing, were there um and I'm looking at mine. So my first game, I took 21 turns to get all the way through. I think I had basically flipped over almost every card that was on the table with maybe like one or two that were still left. Um, And I had three hours left on the clock by the time I got done. So it was definitely like, oh, God, I I wasn't sure I was going to make it. But because uh, as Chris was talking about, so once a card is flipped over, if you go back over it again, you still have to do the thing that the card tells you to do. And so it was like plotting out what, okay, if I go in what direction can I like manage to have the best like time and still get to the end of the like end of the board, Um, which was interesting to kind of try and strategize. And there's a couple that have some random effects where it's like roll the dice. And if you roll X thing, then either a good or bad thing happens to you. So there was like, even within some of the cards, there was still like an element of chance of whether or not it would be beneficial. Um, which I really did appreciate the 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 flavor of all that as well. Yeah, I um, really liked the strategy element of it that was just unexpected. I didn't expect this to be like a, a game where I have to strategize a lot. But after my first two rounds or first two potions, I was like, okay, there has to be a better way to do this. And then realizing that, okay, the going back to cards you've already flipped, you have to use those effects again. Like, this makes perfect sense. I have to make the best use out of the cards that give you hours, like, where you gain more hours again. So realizing that, it was a lot of, like, cool combinations of strategies that you can do um, and trying to avoid the cards that are just, like, you know, spend two hours or, or something ridiculous like that. So I really liked those strategies that you kind of have to come up with when you're when you realize, you know, exactly how you play the game. Yeah. And there, and even there, like, it's still, like, a big element of chance, too, right? Because, like, oh, for sure. it all depends yeah. on... I mean, Vic, I think, Vic, you said one of your runs was, like, six cards? Yeah, six six turns. Yeah. Oh, wow. It just boom, boom. They happened to be... That was Skullduggery. That was Skullduggery. <laughs> they happened to be, like, right next to each other. Like, I hit one, one other turn, hit the other one. And I was like, oh, I guess I win. But then you gotta plot... You gotta get back to home base, right? The King of Hearts. I think that was part of the rules, unless I made that up. No, but that was... Yeah, you had you were supposed okay. to get once you got it, you had to get back to the like the starting point. 
Yes. So it was like four turns to collect all of them. They just happened to be right where I got them. And then one, two, I'm back. I'm like, oh, I'm back. They're going to have tea before we brew this potion. This is going to be sweet. <laughs> nice. And then, uh, Jason, for you, was there anything, like, I know you said you you feel like you're not, you weren't great at it, but did you find, like, like I guess, what were your thoughts on kind of mechanically how it worked or, or like, what, the kind of the experience while you were playing through it? I liked the element of suspense when you kind of see as your hours are kind of ticking away that when you get to that next card, you're kind of crossing your fingers like, please let this be a gain an hour or gain two hours or or no effects at all. Like, please give me a card that will kind of let me continue and, and hopefully get at least one component, just one, even just one <laughs> is fine with me. But that kind of built the story and the effects, even if it was lose an hour, I found that it kind of built into my idea of what character am I playing? Am I playing me? Am I playing somebody that gets distracted easily by literally everything in the forest? Is it somebody who's, who's really (laughs) determined to kind of get this done and out of the way so that they don't have to worry about it for, you know, however long it is until the next pink pale moon or whatever is. But I, I found that even with the, uh, the disadvantages of losing all of these hours it was building this story of maybe this witch isn't that great like maybe they enjoy the element of you know going out on this special night and just enjoying what sorts of things come up in the forest that's different from you know any other day and then just realizing oh you know what like I, I guess I ran out of time so I really enjoyed that and kind of building the story of who is this person and how do the benefits and detriments of these cards, you know, tell the story of the person, you know, how do they, how do the components of, you know, the, the good and the bad and the, the world building itself, how does that tell the story? Because I'm very story-based, very character-based in, in any game that I play. So having, a solo game kind of have this emotional and kind of cinematic type of growth I thought was really cool even if I couldn't land a single card but you know it was I still really love that about this yeah. Yeah. And I will say like, and I'll, I'll read one of the, the prompt, like one of the prompts for when you get a card that turned over and then we'll, I think we can start talking about like which ones really spoke to us. Cause I think is, oh, Jason, I would Jason's, marry yeah. one. I would marry one and I'll tell you which one, <laughs> but like just to get to, so people listening and got to get an idea of the flavor. So the 10 of hearts, uh, you hear the rustle of leaves behind you and jump as a white rabbit emerges from the brush. It looks at you inquisitively and then disappears into the woods again. You feel the strong urge to follow the rabbit. You think it could help you gain one hour. So, like, even just that visual of, like, you're just, like, wandering along, and, like, a rabbit pops out, and you're like, oh, hey, little rabbit, and just, like, <laughs> let me just wander, like, wander along and see where you take me. Um, I did love some of the world building in that, like, animals talked. And everyone like, was a king or queen. They're all kings and queens of the respective animal kingdoms. Yeah, they're all like clowns. Around. Like one's like, I'm a large badger and they're going to tell you all about the tunnels that they built. And now you can like traverse tunnels. I was like, why is the badger talking to me? But that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Apparently this is a place where animals talk to people. Um, so I, I did like the world building of the, of the prompts was really well done for me. Um, 
And I will say, I think my one challenge playing this was I was playing it right after I had had dinner. And so I was sitting in my kitchen or like my like a little dining room area and my roommate was making dinner at the same time. And like, it's all kind of conjoined like where our, our dining room table is. And so like, I'm like focused and trying to like do this. And like, he's also kind of engaging me in conversation. And like, I can hear all the stuff going on that he's doing. My cat jumped on the table and of course started trying to knock cards everywhere. <laughs> so like, I, I, I want to go back and give it a, like a full, another, another play. I went to play it a second time and I fucked up making the deck and I didn't actually put the components that I needed in the deck for oh, laying out my, no, my grid. No. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of need that. Yeah. Helpful. Yes. And I was like, oops. Um, but I, I think I want to, I want to try and find a way to, to sit down and play it again and actually have, I think a little bit more ability to be more immersed. Um, Cause I think I was more focused on like, Oh God, there's so much going on around me and I'm very distractible. So now I've kind of lost that, but the, yeah, the, the prompts that they gave were just so well done. So Vic, Vic let's, let's hear it. What's. Oh, oh, I want to personally apologize to the queen of spades because before flipping her over, I called her a very bad word because the king of spades was such a douche. But when I flipped her over and that glorious light came trickling down from the sky and it said, you roll the dice and you get hours for however many numbers you roll. I think I hit five once and then six on another one. I was like, I love you. I love wow. you so much. Wow. <laughs> so Queen of, shout out Queen of Spades. Best card. Best card. That was a good card. I think there was another one. I swear I flipped it over. One of the things, this was like, I think it happened every game as I'm going and I'm flipping over cards, like potion pieces for potions I'm not going for. Yep. And I'm like, oh, well... Damn. But there's, and then like you said, animals, I've never related more to a a character in a game. I don't think this witch so easily distracted by the tiniest mushroom (laughs) or the pinkest moon and incredibly horny for storms. There's the other card where like it starts to lightning out. She gets a little, he or she or whoever gets a little, like a little knot in the pit of their stomach and you you get like some extra bonus points because it's like, oh, it's going to lightning. It's going to lightning storm. (laughs) little pep in the step so yeah the some of the the cards are great um chris or jason were there any were any of the cards that like you flipped over that that stuck out to you i think uh thematically the one that kind of and it was i i remember it so vividly because it was the last one that i got before i ran out of time but it was the five of diamonds which is you you're in the forest and you look through a clearing in the trees and you see the moon and you kind of are you're mesmerized mm. by like how pink it is and how such a rare occurrence this is. And it was so perfect that that was the last card that I got before my time ran out. It was so oh. it was perfect. Just realizing that that was your final hour you spent realizing how unique this evening is and how you don't see those kinds of things every day. And then just watching as the time ticks away as you're mesmerized by this this wonderful image just through the trees kind of shining down on your character. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm so glad that I lost this way. I'm so glad that this right. was the last card. It was perfect. Yeah. And just, I'll, re- I'll read the description because it is really good. Mm. Uh, you discover a large clearing in the trees, a meadow of some sort. Looking up at the sky, you have a clear view of the moon, bright and pink. It actually is pink a rare occurrence you're briefly mesmerized taking in its beauty 
spend one hour. Like so good. Kudos, kudos to <laughs> that's me. Uh, kudos to the author, like the 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 team that worked on this, or the person that worked on this for like just like the the vivid vivid imagery that they created in what is like a couple sentences, and they did such a good job of like capturing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, what about what about you? Was there anything that that stuck out for you as as like a card? You were like, oh th- oh dang, like this one got me. <laughs> I think there were two. I definitely liked the tiny rat king which was one of the key components of the Skullduggery potion. I think mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a king of clubs where the tiny rat king, well, that's what he calls himself. He's not wearing a crown, but he wields a royal scepter that he swings wildly when he speaks. He informs you by royal decree of the special incantation required to brew a potion of Skullduggery, one of its like, key components. It was like, this, this little, tiny little... Rat King has a it's a freaking royal scepter. <laughs> this is incredible. The tiniest scepter. And he's just waving it around as he's like, just this like, is how you do it. I'm gonna like I just imagine some... oh, go yeah, ahead. I, I thought of like a cat with like with like a scepter for some reason because like cats are chaotic that way. And I'm just like cat is just like, you know, wielding it around. Yeah. Self-appointed king, apparently. It's what, apparently, yeah. yeah. Good for him. I love he that. Woke up, he woke up one morning and was like, I'm the Rat King. And everyone yeah. was like, cool, whatever. <laughs> All right. The other card I really liked, not because of the the prompt, surprisingly, but because of the effect, um, because this was a really interesting thing that happened, is one of the potions I was brewing, I forget which one exactly, but literally the first card I flipped right after like the where you start, literally the mm-hmm. first card, um, it was the Queen of Diamonds, which has a very interesting effect, especially for a first card because it says from the remaining deck of cards draw a new card and place it face down on the card you came from and spend one hour so i was just like okay does that mean i can't go back home i literally just have to put a card face down back home it was very fascinating but also it didn't matter because i couldn't go back home anyway because i lost but i was very curious what, what would happen in that case yeah that's like it's it's like auto yeah you can't Maybe I have to. You have to oh. open it again. Like you open the new card, and then yeah. I, I mean, guess go back know. to the Queen of Diamonds. Could you like somehow go back to it and do the effect again and take the one you took and put it back? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Because you know, if you land, you can go back to a card and repeat right. the. You'd have to yeah. somehow get lucky and draw your house. <laughs> I was like, did I just break this game? But it didn't matter yeah. because I couldn't go back, <laughs> so I lost. <laughs> but I really liked the, the effect, and I thought it was kind of cool. So let's let's talk about um, the the prompts at the end. So this was the game. The game does not. It does, I don't think it markets itself as like a, a journaling because a lot of the solo tabletop games that I was finding, um, some of them were literally just like journal. Like it was just like we're going to give you some prompts and you're going to do the thing. And this one, I think it doesn't market itself, quote unquote, like as a as a journaling tabletop game. But it had a slight journaling component at the end if if you so chose. Um, and even in it, it says like, if you wish reflect on the following prompts at the conclusion of your journey. Um, and so I know I talked a little bit about mine, but of the prompts at the end, was there anything that, that folks had like some specific thoughts on or a prompt that you really liked? Or um, I guess let's, we'll talk about kind of the, the debrief section. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I took the very, analytical statistic approach to were you successful yes 75 percent um 
the creatures, locations or creatures everywhere. Did I, did I make friends? Yes. The queen of spades. Did I make enemies? Yes. One of the cards had just, just a group of squirrels that chases you back. I think three cards. So it knocked me back. I think maybe, maybe all, at least three of the times I played it. Um, so the squirrels knocked me back, but then there's like the friendly badger with the tunnel. I'm pretty sure I rode an owl across the sky. A few cards. There was like that. There was a teleporting tree in there somewhere. So I really like the nature aspect of it. I think that was pretty cool. Um, and I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. Nice, Jason or, or Chris. Any any of the prompts or any anything that you kind of reflected on that you wanted to, to t- touch base on? Uh sure. Yeah, I can go. Um, so my the way that I kind of looked at Skullduggery is I have a friend who's really she really loves this book series called Skullduggery Pleasant. And I just know that the the character is this skeletal creature guy. I don't know. So my take on the potion of Skullduggery was more along the lines of like this necromantic kind of like dark magic potion of some sort. So going along and having all of these things kind of hinder progress. And then for a period of time, I was stuck between uh, four hours and three hours and just kind of going back and forth between three and four hours. So I kind of took that as there is a period of time throughout the evening that my character was in a sort of limbo, was in this period of, is this potion something you really want to pursue? Is this kind of magic something you really want to complete and as things kind of kept hindering that progress it got down to i think the last two cards was um there was one where you see a a bird's nest that's fallen out of a tree and then you take two hours putting it back into the tree anticipating that at some point new life will eventually find its way to that you know, to that uh, bird's nest. And then from there, it was the card with the pink moon. So I think the very end of that was going through all of these steps of thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get these different uh, components to brew this potion. That's so heavy handed in dark magic. And then seeing, you know, a, a symbol of new life and fresh beginnings. And then taking a look at the moon and kind of, Reflecting on, okay, maybe it's for the best that I don't pursue this. Maybe it's it's kind of, you know, divine intervention that I'm here at this moment kind of realizing that working with death and the idea of meddling in the darkness, like, isn't a great idea because there's so much potential for life and light. So I really kind of took that away from the experience that this character was so ingrained in this idea of I'm going to pursue dark magic because it excites me. It's, it's, you know, something that I haven't worked with before. It's something new. It's, you know, it's mysterious. And then kind of stepping out and realizing, you know, maybe it's for the best that I don't do this because there's so much potential for other things and there's so much light and life to put my time and energy into 
And even for something that was so short, there really was this feeling of character development and kind of this shifting of mindsets. And basically, I I kind of sat back and went, you like, you know what? I I really don't need to go through and find another potion right now. I'm content with the story that's been told. So I really enjoyed that aspect of like my, my playthrough. Yeah, and I think this is, this is a game where like even like I said, it doesn't market itself like as a journaling game, but I think you could easily after every card you flip over take a moment to like write down a couple sentences about you know what did you do because a lot of them leave the the prompts leave stuff open. Um, mm-hmm. Like one of my things that I noted was that like it was like did you make any new friends and I I made friends with a pack of wolves because um, oh. there was there was a card with like wolves and it was like do you approach them are they friendly blah blah blah. Um, and I forget if you gain or lose hours from that one, but I was like, oh, like, yeah, I definitely would have made friends with these wolves. Like if they were willing to chill, I'm willing to chill. <laughs> um, and, and so I like, I like that it has that. Cause I think you could also play this game very cut and dry where you just like flip the card. Okay. I gain two hours, flip a card. Like you could do it either way. Um, and I appreciate the, the levels of that. Um, Chris, what about you? Did you have any prompts that you, yeah, um, one of the, the things in the debrief that I liked was sort of um, what do you do? What did you do when you were like, let's say, going to, for your potion of delirium, but you also found the components that are necessary for another potion? I really mm-hmm. like that prompt in the sense of do you just add it in and see what happens? Sure, we love that chaotic energy. So <laughs> I thought when I was going for the delirium potion. I did end up getting the Ace of Clubs and the, and the King of Clubs, which is what you need for the Skullduggery potion. It's like, hmm, a delirious Skullduggery potion? So immediately when I was playing that and I got those two components and I ended up going for the Skullduggery, I'm like, this just, for some re- reason, potion of you know delirium and Skullduggery made me think of Gideon the Ninth, like the, as mm. a, the books. And yep. it felt like as a reader, you're sort of like, you don't know what's going on most of the times. You're very sort of have no idea what's happening, but it's also all necromancy in a way. Um, So that's sort of where it took me unexpectedly while I was going for one potion and ended up getting components for another. And I really appreciated how the game just takes you in directions you sort of wouldn't expect. Yeah. I, so I ended up with components for, uh, to me, I, I, Ended up with components from all of the potions. I didn't like, I didn't have enough to like, I didn't get both for all of them, but I had at least like one of each of the other three. So mm. my, I, I wrote my notes down. So like I said, my, my potion was a bad luck potion Um, for the, for the, so the other, po- we, I guess I should have said this before. So the potions that you could have tried to make um, <laughs> was, a, it was a potion of, a potion of sheen, a potion of blooming, a potion of delirium and the potion of skullduggery. So I said for the sheen potion, uh, the mild inconvenience that you suffer for 24 hours is an inability to be hidden for 24 hours and that people just notice you and feel an urge to talk and engage you in conversation. And like, it includes like, if they see you like in the window of your house, they'll like come up and start knocking on the door (laughs) saying like, let me in. I want to talk to you. Nope. Um, Nope. Nope. No, no, no. I said the blooming potion turns it into a good luck potion. And then for delirium, I said, because I was like, I was like, how do I put this like this luck potion and delirium together? And I I said, it could be good or bad luck, 
but you're not entirely sure as you lose track of 24 hours only to wake up to take care of whatever consequences you now must endure. So you just lose track of a day and either have the best or worst day of your life. <laughs> Which might just be alcohol. I think I just invented yeah, so alcohol say, in this game. Relatable. <laughs> Very relatable. Yeah. But I, I, I did like that, being able to sit down and think like, okay, like I've made this potion of whatever. What would happen if I brought other components in or what would happen if I did other things um, in in this like game? Um, so that was fun. Like as a creative writing person, I, I enjoyed the idea of like adding flavor and more stuff to to the experience. Um, other, I guess, I'm trying to think of other any other things that that kind of spoke to people. Other things that you all had like experience when you played. Do you want to make sure like we we touched base or we talked about? I think Vic mentioned this earlier, but it was something that drew me a lot and something I noticed like halfway through playing the first round, the first potion at least, is how plant life and wildlife is so important to the mm-hmm. like integrity of the story. And that's something that was really cool because you just a lot there's a lot of trees, there's a random like there's birds, and then every now and then you get to like a pond. And you get to see sort of like the full moon and stuff like that. And it's so, again, atmospheric, not to be repetitive. But I did like how plants were just so important to the story. Um, And that's, I feel like that's something that I don't see a lot in a lot of games that I play, board games or video games. It's something that comes up in some books. It kind of reminded me of the Jasmine Throne in a way, the fantasy book that we were, I was just reading not too long ago because that's also a book that's all about plants and water. And yeah, I just felt like this was a, a really cool thing to base your entire game on that kind of wildlife. Dude, I don't know if anybody else did this, but I kind of put myself into a specific universe, which, so I put myself into like the Witcher universe. That's what I had in my mind mm. as I was playing through it. I was like, I'm a witch in the Witcher universe, but it, Looking back on it didn't quite make sense because the Witcher is pretty like nasty. There's like monsters <laughs> trying to kill you literally every everywhere you go. Um, but I was like, I don't know, maybe the tutorial area. Maybe I'm in like the tutorial. <laughs> maybe I'm in White Orchard <laughs> looking for like I don't know. But that that's the kind of the vibe I got. Uh, I I almost had the like Gwent music playing in my head as we were going through, like kind of da da da. And I, like I, I said this before, I, I've never related more to a character. Like stopping to look at everything, like looking at mushrooms for an hour. Or just staring at the moon for an hour, throwing random, like, oh, here's a bunch of things I didn't get, or here's a bunch of, like, components I don't need, but I'm going to throw them into this pot anyway and see what happens. Like, that's me. That's, like, what I do for a living. <laughs> and it's fantastic. I was like, this is great. So, yeah. Witcher, Witcher Universe, maybe maybe they'll make one. Maybe they'll make one, Witcher Universe? I don't know. Maybe there is one. This is the thing. I've never played these. This is, like, a whole new world for me. Cue Aladdin. This is, like, it was so much fun. I think we were joking as we were playing through, like these characters. Th- this is just ADHD, you know. Yes, like, <laughs> like, like she has ADD, ADHD. But yes, yeah. yeah. I was like going through, you know, everything you see, you're going to be, uh, you know, attracted to it. Your your mind's just going to draw to it, and you're not going to get anything done. You're just enjoying the forest. You're just out here for a stroll, just seeing what's out here. Yeah, I didn't feel. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I didn't I, feel like a time pressure. I mean, there was the t- the countdown, but it's like at the end of the day, if we don't make this potion, it didn't seem like there was a dire 
there weren't dire consequences attached. So it was kind of like a nice, you know, stroll through nature looking for something to, to, to make or. Yeah. And like, and like, and if, and I think, you know, as Jason kind of pointed out where it's like, if you didn't make the potion, you didn't necessarily lose the game. You just didn't make the potion and maybe yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. so, so oh, go ahead. It's, it's so vague, but specific. Like it, it gives you enough information that you can allow your mind to wander and fill in the blanks for how the story goes, what you're working on, where you want to go, who this person is, where you are, you know, the, the descriptions for each of the cards, it gives you kind of, um, you know, toys to play with. It kind of gives you things that you can kind of latch onto and you, and make, you know, this important or this important and you can build your own story. And again, there's no winning, there's no losing. It's just the experience. Even right. even like the the prompt before the game starts, and I'm looking at that now because I forgot about this. But even literally the prompt before any of it is, you're sitting in a comfortable wooden rocking chair next to a crackling fire. I'm like, this is so cozy and and amazing, and I want to <laughs> be would here I for leave? hours. <laughs> Why would I leave? <laughs> Why would I want to not be here? So it's it's just I don't know. It's very cozy vibes. Yeah. Well, nice. Um, so as we wrap, so I guess to wrap up, any any like final thoughts about your first solo tabletop experience or about this game? Um, we'll just go down the line. So I'm going to start. We'll start with Vic. Yeah, no. As someone who's very new to all of this, I loved it. It, it's, it was right in my wheelhouse. It was the perfect mix of easy enough to follow yet open and ended. Open, open and ended. And ended. Can't speak. Open ended enough to let the creative side of your mind sort of fill in the blanks, read between the lines, that sort of things, which I appreciate it. And I think there was a few references, like the White Rabbit. Is that just a reference to the Matrix? Follow the White Rabbit. Like there's these little nice little touches here and there where maybe it was, maybe it was an accident, but still, like my mind kind of goes in all those di- different directions. So I loved it. I recommend it. Uh, all you need is cards and dice, easy enough to follow. I thought it was fantastic. I'll probably go back and play it a few more times because there was a few cards I didn't get to turn over. I want to see, I want to see all of them for sure. Yeah, and the and when you said the White Rabbit, I like my brain went to Alice in Wonderland the first time yep, when I got same. it. Oh, see, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. Everybody's going. It's yeah, like but everyone's you're, playing you're, the you're, same you're, game, but you're going in ten different directions. Yeah, uh, Chris, what about you? Final thoughts? Yeah, I also really liked it. Um, it was not what I expected at all. I think I, I tend to feel, I tend to be a little scared of board games because I tend to feel like a lot of them are complex or they look complex and I'm like, oh God, what am I getting myself into? But there's a lot of handholding to get you started with the deck. And I really like that. It was so easy to figure out, you know, what cards to use and whatnot. Um, except in Eric's case that one time. Except when I fucked up the game. <laughs> but other than that i really liked again just like the vibes and um i like that you could honestly this could be like a a 20 minute game but it could also be more longer than that if you decide to like jot down some notes at every card so i like the flexibility in it and yeah final thoughts definitely recommend if you're looking for uh, just a cozy little game we're in the forest and jason what are your final thoughts about this little adventure yeah, as somebody who's kind of played TTRPGs with bigger groups with 
you know, complex rules and you're constantly, you know, checking what does this spell do? What does this ability do? Um, sitting down and kind of being your own storyteller was really nice. Um, and I mean, I haven't done any kind of, you know, solo game like this. So having the, you know, the instructions be so, you know, cut and dry, you know, like take this from the deck, put these to the side, you know, shuffle, put them back in, shuffle again, set up your, you know, your layout with all of your cards, put your player piece on the home, you know, spot. And then from there, everything was already set out for you. So it was really easy to just go, oh, okay, so this is what they're talking about. Everything's already laid out. And then it makes sense to just kind of follow along with each, you know, move that you make. And then each card has, you know, the stipulations of, you know, lose an hour, gain an hour, things like that. So it's all right there and it guides you along in your story that you really don't spend all that time worrying about, you know, am I playing it the right way? Is this the, you know, if I, have I done this wrong? Is this what this means? Because everything is so simple and everything is so nicely kind of packaged in the PDF with all the rules that literally anybody could just sit down and play it three or four times without having ever touched it before. So definitely if you're looking for something to kind of get started in TTRPGs, if you've never played, if you're, you know, somebody who's used to heavy rules and, you know, scheduling conflicts with people in a group, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Just as long as you have, you know, dice and a pack of cards and like a quarter, you know, just you can sit down and have this full experience just on your own or you know with other people and it's really simple really fun and i definitely suggest it for you know anybody who's looking for something yeah and i i mean i think my final thoughts are really just like that that i i generally echo everything everyone said like this was a super cute game it was really well made i had a ton of and and again once i got the mechanics i was like oh mechanically like i know how that like i've played other things that are similar ish which put me in a nice comfortable spot because i was like oh okay i know how this works i've played games like this before um just obviously never in a solo capacity so that was like nice to kind of sit and and have that kind of familiarity as i was getting into the the gameplay of it um but as my first solo tabletop game that i've ever i've ever played um i i agree it was just it was a really nice and, and cozy little adventure of wandering around a forest and maybe getting a potion, maybe not getting a potion, uh, or maybe getting components to like 17 different potions and then being like, here we go. I'm going to throw it all in a pot, see what happens. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun time and I can see why solo tabletop games, I think have been like on the up and rise, like the kind of rise, um, kind of what Jason was saying, like it's, you know, coordinating with people is hard. You're like, Oh, I've got six people, like five people want to play a game, but like, we're all in different time zones. Like we're doing stuff virtually and that's cool, but like scheduling is hard. Who knows when people are actually going to be available, yada, yada, yada. Um, and this is kind of a, you know, if there's a night where I'm just chilling at home and I'm just kind of bored. I could pull this game out and easily play it with no big setup, nothing else. And just kind of like have a nice little experience. So 
So yeah, definitely would recommend. Um, all right, so let's do the my. We'll wrap up with letting you all plug whatever social media things you'd like to plug. Um, so my my question of the week is always: if you'd like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? Um, and we'll go backwards. So we'll start with Jason. So I guess hello again. Uh, my name is Jason Larock. If you like uh, literally anything, uh, artwork, if you like video games, like indie games, if you like voice acting, if you like, you know, writing, if you like fun graphics for Twitch, if you like watching people play video games, I do a little bit of everything and you can find all of my social media links on jasonlarock.card.co. It's all kind of there in little buttons on the bottom so if you have different social medias come follow me and check out my stuff awesome and chris if you would like to be found on the internet where can people find you yes find me um i am mainly on twitter for as long as twitter is a thing that is not on fire um (laughs) twitter slash chris sudrawi i'm sure eric will have the links the bottom the description um mainly tweeting about queer arab fantasies video games tv shows and every now and often gilmore girls memes but yeah that's about it all right and vic where can people find you you can all find me at twitch.tv slash vic underscore torius because somebody took victorious without the underscore uh i'm usually on there maybe twice a week if you like rpgs puzzle point and click types of games terrible dad jokes terrible science puns they're just generally mediocre gameplay that's that's where i'll be usually usually monday and thursday nights yeah and i think you've been because you one of the nights you tend to do like horror games right or has that been the most recent trend yeah thursday is kind of like the rpg vibe but recently it's been so i've never played the resident evil games and i feel like as like as a gamer i need to get in there so i've been kind of working through those and i think up next is the dead space remake Yet another one Ooh. I've never played, so we're going in. Exciting. <laughs> awesome. Um, and as always, you can find all of our social medias at the Queer XP. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and next week we'll be doing another one of these. Uh, I have a different group of folks who played a different game. We're playing um, a game called A Torch in the Dark, which is kind of a dungeon crawly um kind of a vibe i haven't played it yet as 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 of the time of this recording um but i'm super excited for it whole different crew of people we're going to kind of compare see what our experiences were like and and hopefully y'all enjoyed this um but to wrap up please make sure you go if you like stuff in here go give this game a look um we'll have the link in the show notes along with everyone's social media links in the show notes as well um, again, it was the Witch's Almanac, um, which was by Tally Winkle. So thank you again, everybody, and we will see you all later. <laughs> <laughs>